Hey Weston, welcome to our sermon podcast of the week. If you've been blessed with our ministry and you want to support us financially, you can do so through westonroadchurch.com forward slash give. So I want to get into the word today and uh, I'm going to give you a heads up for a second. We're going to create some space for testimonies. Amen. Which means I say it now because some of you Maybe you've been like, Pastor, one day I'm going to testify. Maybe this is your one day. And some of you are maybe like, I I needed a heads-up notice. Here's your heads-up notice. You have about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then um, I'm going to come down here, and uh, I'm not going to hand the mic off. I'm going to hold the mic, and I'll make sure that everyone sticks to a timeline. And and we're going to honor God in this place today. Like we've been doing already. You know, why, why some testimonies? There are two purposes for testimonies. To build up the body of Christ and to build up our faith. Do you hear what I said? To build up your brothers and sisters. So it's not a, I'm so nervous, I can't do this. Well listen, maybe what God has put in your mouth or in your heart... It's because someone else here needs to be encouraged and edified. But then our faith gets built as well. Because if God could do it for for you or for her, maybe he could do it for me. And so we need to hear this. And so I'm just giving you a heads up notice. It's a bit off script from a a straight up message like we would normally do. Um, But Holy Spirit starts speaking now to every heart. In Jesus' name, and we're going to leave this place encouraged with our faith built up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The message titled today is, The Cry in Crisis. The Cry in Crisis. And maybe it's a bit of a play on words, cry in crisis. You can't spell it the same way, but it's true that when we're often in crisis, there is a cry that begins to resound from within us. And maybe it's not an audible one where people all around you can hear, but there is a cry on the heart. And and usually it comes in crisis. Sad to say, there are a lot of people who are Christians who actually don't step out and trust God with their lives until they hit rock bottom. Until crisis comes knocking and then there's a cry. But what if we just had a habit of spending time with God and crying out to Him when things are good, but also when things are bad? Because God desires to hear what's on our heart all the time, not just the big bombs that drop in our lives. And so it's important for us, you know, I'm I'm not preaching the message on in the good times. Today I'm, I'm talking about the cry in the crisis. And so if you have your Bible, open up to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And here, I want to read just a few verses, starting at verse 7. I just lost my whole place. It's still a new Bible, so it's, I'm breaking it in more and more. Exodus, there we go, chapter 3. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. And here's what it says Beginning at verse 7, it says, Then the Lord told him, Moses, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. 
I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. God is revealing to Moses his plan was for good, not for evil, right? You see that? He said, I'm going to lead them to their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with what? Milk and honey. That means it was a desirable land. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Listen to verse 10. Now go. For I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. It's interesting to note two things. I have seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have seen, number one. And number two, I have heard. I have heard the cry of my people in Egypt. Egypt was not the promised land for God's people. They were in slavery, and so they were in bondage. They were not free. They were driven very hard. Their living conditions were very harsh. They were not treated kindly. And if you remember the story of Moses before chapter 3, he grew up in Egypt, saw the oppression, and when he tried to help some of his people, the Israelites, they said, oh, are you going to kill us like you did the other guy? And then Moses had to run. Moses was, was really in hiding in the desert place. He was hiding and he said, um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he was reduced to being a shepherd in the wilderness. And even in the wilderness, by the way, God has a way of finding you. So you might be here in a wilderness season and God knows where you're at. He knows how to find you. It doesn't say Moses was being oppressed and Moses was the one crying out. Moses was the guy hiding. So even in hiding, God knows where you're at. And he doesn't leave you there either. He actually had a plan and a purpose for Moses. But what does he tell Moses? I have seen the oppression. I've seen my people and what they're going through. And he says, I've heard the cry of their heart. And it's, it's basically arisen to my throne. And now he said, now go, verse 10, for I am sending you. I love God because he didn't give any like reasons to qualify Moses as being the right choice, by the way. Moses, right, we're not going to read it, but Moses has a whole bunch of excuses why he's not the right guy. He's like, I, I can't speak well. I have this, I have that. And God says, well, that's cool. Well, you go and you tell them, I'm sending you. I am that I am. And oftentimes, even for those you're battling now because you know I'm going to open up testimony time soon. And you're like, I can't get down there in front of all the people. And I, listen, what if he is wanting you to do it? And I'm just the vessel that's saying, hey, we're going to do this this morning. And God wants to use your story. Now go, for I'm sending you. And so oftentimes, when God hears the cry and sees where his people are at, yeah, God could do it personally, and he could just 
move his mighty hand from heaven and do things, but oftentimes he calls a person or a people to then go and do his bidding on the earth. And so I believe this morning your testimony has weight. It has power if you're testifying about what he has done in your life. And God will use you in a mighty way this morning. The cry in crisis. After God tells Moses, like, go, I'm sending you. How many of you have ever heard about the ten plagues? Right? And so God says, you're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to take your staff. Take what you're familiar with. You don't have to take something that you've never used before. For me, it's like David with Saul's armor. He's like, I I can't fight like this. It's too big for me. Almost knocked my own self out with the pulpit. (laughs) But instead, he said, I'm going to just take the slingshot and the five stones because this is how I fight my battles. And then we look at Moses and, and God says, take the staff in your hand. And he used that. And this is how you're going to... And everything Moses did was with the outstretched arm and the staff in his hand. And so you don't have to have some new set of tools. You already have the name above all names, Jesus. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So you already have the name above all names, Jesus. And you have the power of Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you and me. So what more do we possibly need? We've been given all the tools we need to be victorious in this lifetime when we walk with Jesus. But Moses now has this staff and he's going. And and we can read through the ten plagues. Right? They were not good moments, but God spared his people while everyone else had all these plagues happening. They were spared and protected. Now, imagine if God would have stopped at three plagues. Think about it. Or seven plagues. Or maybe even nine plagues. Imagine if God would have stopped at the ninth plague. Listen to me for a second. We would have never had the Passover lamb. And and I've been thinking on this for a long time. I had a conversation about a week and a half ago on this very thought. And, And it's stuck with me so strongly. Imagine if there would not have been a tenth plague. Do you think it was fun for the Israelites while they're living in Egypt still to see all this chaos, locusts, blood in the water, all of this crazy stuff and say, God, how many more times until you actually free us from this? And Moses time and time again had to go back. It wasn't on number three. It wasn't plague five. It wasn't plague nine. We needed the 10th one or else there would have been no Passover. And some of you aren't familiar with Passover, so I do want to read some scripture out of Exodus chapter 12. Just turn a couple of more chapters. Exodus chapter 12. And I want to read this with you, beginning at verse 6. Because the tenth plague, if you remember, was the death of every firstborn son and also of the animals. And and this was going to do a devastating thing in Egypt. And by the way, Pharaoh had a son too. And it, it wasn't about a newborn son. It was just the firstborn son. And so 
knowing that God gave Israel, his people, specific instructions. So look at verse 6 of Exodus 12. Take special care of this chosen animal, the lamb, until the evening of the 14th day of this first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. Look how specific God is. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. Jump to verse 11 with me. It says, These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods, small g of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 14, this is a day to remember. Listen, each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. A law for all time. And to this day, Passover is still celebrated. And if you look in the life of Jesus... You also see Matthew 26, around the Last Supper, they were having the Passover seder, that, that meal that they would have. So it's not something that's stuck in the Old Testament. It's also something that we see Jesus doing with his disciples. And we knew that Jesus' time was happening on that very weekend. And what does the Bible say about Jesus for you and for me. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. You see it? It's not the whole verse, but it's there. I just want to read this part. Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, but the, the term of get rid of the yeast... That was one of the instructions from the book of Exodus because they were having the matzah bread. Not the bread that was nice and thick and fluffy, but it had no yeast in it. They had to get, actually get rid of all the yeast out of their house. And so Paul was, was looking at that and saying, you guys know this type of imagery, this type of language. So he's referring to a situation happening there. Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you, then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Now you get to this part, which is, I had to connect the yeast part so you understand it's, it's not a different thought, but it's actually baked together, so to speak. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. And today, that's why we sing songs in church about the blood of Jesus. We did it last Sunday when we broke our fast with communion. And we said, oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as wet snow. And if you're new to church, you'd be like, oh, who sings about blood? But when you understand what Jesus has done, that it's actually the blood that washes us white as snow. 
that, that he will pass over the judgment that we should have deserved, but he passes over and does not judge us according to our sins, but rather sees us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ as the righteousness of Christ. And so that's important. And so imagine if we didn't have the 10th plague, we would not have the Passover lamb or that picture of what Jesus actually came to fulfill as our perfect, without blemish, without spot, that perfect lamb of God. So I want to remind you today that God hears you in crisis. Remember what he said? I have seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, but I've also heard the cry of my people in Egypt. And there's a cry that comes out in crisis. And I want you to know that the same God who cared about his people in Egypt, who saw that they were in bondage, in slavery, and said, I'm not okay with this. And because he said, it's time, it was time. And he picked Moses to be the guy to go. And today, just maybe when you hear some, some testimonies, today is your time where God's going to call you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That you're going to be encouraged by not a sermon that I'm going to preach, but by a testimony you're going to hear in a few moments. Are you ready to testify, church? Are you ready to stand up and give God glory? Sometimes we get upset when God doesn't seem to answer on the first try. But remember, it took 10 plagues. So don't lose heart. Maybe God's waiting because the number is significant. Maybe He's allowing some time to happen in between uh, your cry and, and your response because there's a, a moment where God's going to show up and He's going to say, okay, now that you've gone through the process, I have heard your cry, I have seen you, but now I am ready to deliver you. And it, and it might not be from heaven. It might, it might come from your neighbor. So you have to be alert and you have to be ready. God can do whatever He wants by any avenue He wants. Do you believe that today? And so that's why I'm going to make space for, for testimony time. Because we give God glory. But you're going to help me preach today, church. You're going to help me preach today. You know, maybe you're waiting for number 10. And that's a good thing. You know, to know Him as healer, you need to be in need of healing sometimes. You catch what I'm saying? To know Him as provider, maybe you need to be in a season of lack where then you begin to know Him as that. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. To know Him as Savior, you needed to be lost in your sin at one point. To know what He's saved you out of. To know Him as the giver of life, maybe you were once dead. <laughs> Amen. To know Him as light, you had to be walking in darkness. To know Him as truth, you had to be acquainted with the lies. To know Him as good, you had to be familiar with the bad. And to know Him as the way, you had to be lost in yourself. To know Him as strength, you had to be weak. And to know Him as joy, you had to be friends with grief. To know Him as peace, you needed to also be in some chaos. And this is what God does. He shows up. He shows up. And, and all of this is not like I'm not rapping or I just started to write as God just began to speak to me. And I just was trying to capture as much of it as I could. 
But oftentimes we just look for, God, I want the good days. God, I want the, the blessing. God, I want all of this. But sometimes we go through the hardships and the crisis so that we can never take for granted when He says, you're healed. When He says, all that you have needed, I have now provided. When you're going through the depression and, and then the cloud begins to, to dissipate over your head and you begin to see clearly again. That's, that's why I believe He allows us, notice I didn't say He causes us, but He allows us to go through the, the realities of this lifetime, but also so that we can give Him the glory for what He has done when He pulls us out. And so don't get discouraged. Let the cry in Christ continue to resound until you see the salvation of our God in Jesus. And that wraps up our sermon podcast for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to give us a follow for we'll be posting every single week.